Okay, so we, should we kick it off? I feel you, yeah. Well, who are we? Yo, this is only yesterday. I'm Tony. I'm, I think I'm Adam. I'm pretty sure you're Adam. Maybe the aliens replaced me. I don't know. I think if they did, they were about to find out some shit about humans. And codependency. And codependency, because that's our episode today. Yes. Word. So, <clears throat> let's get the sources out of the way. Working with families affected by a member's addictive behavior is... Um, it's written by Megan Petra and Tula Korgiantakis. I don't fuck it. In improv, we learned that you just got to roll with it. And I did. It is as best as I can. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that, but there we go. We've also got Family Stressors as Predictors of Codependency by Julie Fuller and Rebecca Warner, University of New Hampshire. That's where it came from. Um, we've got Codependency, Loss of Self, and Power by Gloria Cowan, Mimi Bomersbach, or Bomersbach, I'm not entirely sure, at all, um, from California State University. And we've also got a video, um, what's it called? so Codependency and Childhood Trauma by who? Donnelly Snipes. There you go. All right, word. So, um, let's get into it. Now I see, yeah, we've got some... Patrick Tien's. Oh, this analogy? that was his video too. I okay. think that was his video. Okay. Never mind. But this is where I got it from. Okay. So not denigrating anybody that's still in a codependent relationship or you know, it's just this let's, is let's good define description. codependency first, right? Or is it is this a description of codependency? This is a description of it. Okay, cool. And then afterward I'll define it. Okay. So imagine you have a car that you just got, like your first car. Did you get a car when you're like sixteen or no. When was your first car? The, your own first car? Uh, my own first car that I can like, this is my car. I own this car. Yes. Type of thing. Uh, it was like shortly after I got out of the Air Force. And I was living with uh, Mama Jay and them. Okay. So imagine, like for me, I had my first car when I was like 16. Really shitty car. Okay. So you get that car and you're really like excited about it. Because it's your first car, so you don't really know, or you overlook like kind of some of the structural flaws because it's like an old, old car. Right, right. You're just excited, right? Yeah. So, codependent relationship, and I'll explain this afterward, is buying that car and expecting something else, expecting mm-hmm. it not to break down, or comp- overcompensating, like spending way too much money to make sure it's running. Okay. Yes. Makes sense. So, a codependent like person would you, you know buy that car and spend too much money fixing it up and trying to make it run mm-hmm. and keeping it together, or they would act surprised when it broke down. They would expect it to like not break down. So, a codependent relationship is a relationship where they are. It's either an unequal relationship, you know, where somebody has a lot of power and the other person doesn't have that much power Mm -hmm. or it's kind of that caretaker relationship. There's a lot of definitions of codependency. Okay. It's that kind of that caretaker relationship where you're trying to make somebody better who's sick. Right. Right. You want to just be there for them. Yes. You you want to make sure that they have everything that they need. Yes. Or it's an abusive relationship where you are with an abuser. Right. So in this case, the relationship and the abuser are the car. 
Okay. And so the, you know, the abuser is saying, hey, I'm requiring this much attention from you, this much quote unquote maintenance, right? If, if yes. there's a car. Like literally the maintenance, yeah. yeah. Requiring this much maintenance from the relationship or in the relationship. Yeah. In order for me to be happy, but for you, man, we'll, we'll figure it out later. Basically, yeah. Mm, don't work. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting because the person buying the car, you know, they're the person in the relationship, but still they'll do things like they'll put up with behaviors from the other person. Right, right. You know, because in their mind, they're either they're rescuing someone or they're they're trying like to change them. You know, so they'll okay. put up with that. And so this is kind of, I mean, as you're saying this, it's reminding me of people who are like hyperestophiliacs, right? They want to yeah. be that, they want to be the person to, oh, I can change him or I can take care of the, like the, the criminal who's like, like, or serial killers or fucking whatever. Like yeah. people who are attracted to people who do crimes, right? Saying, oh, I can change him or I can take care of him or or yeah. her, or them, or this person. Right? Or these people, I don't know. Or Anything. these people. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird, because the pop culture definition of codependency is relationship addiction, but that's like an inadequate like ex- explanation. Right. I feel like there's more that goes into it. Yeah, a lot more. Right. Okay. Word. I mean, that's a pretty good analogy, right? And so when we when we think about uh, these types of relationships, when we say, you know, one person wants to be the caretaker or wants to be the person who fixes or changes or influences this other person because they have so much either influence or they have so much power or they have so much uh, sorrow or hurt or pain with them that the person seeking the relationship with this other individual who's, you know, obviously going through whatever. Yeah. Um, many times there's a loss of self. <clears throat> and so I got re-sick. If you couldn't tell, I got re-sick, bro. It, this is changing of the seasons Well, it's now. like having a baby. Yeah, basically, like sick all the time. Yep. <laughs> but anyways. Um, we'll press on. So, yeah, we press on, we move on. We got shit to say. Yo, we got stuff that y'all need to hear. Yeah. Right, back to the research. Um Codependency um, is a construct that was introduced in the 1980s to describe a wide wide range of relational behaviors that inhibit personal functioning, right? So the movement began with the substance abuse treatment movement with the recognition that not only alcoholics, but also families or also their families in the mid-1980s, the concept of codependency was extended to anyone who became involved in these dysfunctional or in dysfunctional relationships. And also when you asked me if I had seen codependency, the answer is yes. Oh, of course. Big, oh, a big yes. Cause I work in the substance use field. Right. And so that's another, right. Another area, right. Yeah. Substance use or again, like you were saying earlier, the um, physical abuse or not physical abuse, just you know, abuse of neglect, sort. neglect even. Right. <clears throat> Well, especially in the case of, like, if it's a child, right? Like That child's well, going to grow up to be a neglected adult. Or they're going to grow up to feel like they're being neglected. When, or abandoned. When regular, everyday life events happen. Yes. And so <clears throat> it's uh, it's yes. dangerous. Or That's kind of borderline personality disorder. It can be. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. Oh, for sure. Um, 
one prominent theme in academia regarding codependency is what can be called loss of self, right? Or identity slash intimacy disturbance. <clears throat> Suppression of feelings and sacrificing of needs and desires to please one's partner are symptoms of codependency and loss of self at the same time. So let's just let's just break that down for a sec, right? So like we were talking about earlier, someone saying, um, we have I have this relationship with this person and either they're abusive or they're super distant or you know addicted whatever, or addicted or whatever the case, right? And so they're saying, Hey, I I guess I would really like to, you know, reach out to this person. I want to be watching movies with them, I want to be hanging out with them. Um and so they end up sacrificing their needs for whatever is like whatever the abuser would want. You know yes. what I'm saying? Or like wanting to take care of them in the way that the abuser would yes. request of them. A perfect example. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Pretty fucking codependent relationship, if you ask me. He traps her in a fucking castle. Yeah. She has to make him better. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so... It, and she has to put up with his abuse. Like, it, it definitely... Right. If we look at it through the lens of, like, psychology and fucking you know, yeah. social sciences, I'm sure it can definitely be seen as a, a codependent relationship. And so um, I think even when we have, like, like you're... We're going to break down again, like the family members, right? If someone who's addicted to whatever substance, right? Yeah. We want to rally around them. We want to be there for them. But sometimes we know that relapse is possible. Yep. And so we then have to, you know, we, the family members are saying, okay, well, we'll have to just get through this next one. You know, maybe we'll, it'll be okay. Like we can't, we can't just like shut this person out right now. We have to be there yes. for them. We have to be supportive. Um, and then that cycle continues right up until the person is ready to receive treatment of whatever sort. Yes. It's like, <clears throat> there are some people in my work that got fired mm -hmm. before I start working there because the, they were really close to a client right, and right. the client failed their drug test and they're going to go back to jail or something. Ooh. So this person who's in charge of the UAs covered up for them. Oh, and then the work found out mm -hmm. and they fired that person. I bet they did. So that's an example of enabling. Right. Because what did that, what, what did, let's be real. What did that person, that client learn? Right. I mean, really they learned that any system is corruptible. Or that too. I can be nice and get my way. Sure. No, absolutely. I don't have to recover. I can just be nice. Right. And so I think that's important um, to acknowledge <clears throat> that, even though sometimes you may end up quote unquote sliding through a situation based on yeah. whatever manipulation in the system. Um, sometimes that person, they need treatment, right? And so by being a professional who says, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, submit this evidence that they, you know, are using whatever, like are preventing that person from getting treatment. And let's say next week, you know, something happens based on the person get fucking, fired yeah. from work or whatever. Like, I'll give you some more examples, okay? Word. There are clients that use us as their emotional regulation too much. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Uh, there are clients that their spouse is also in treatment, mm -hmm. and they'll do everything that that spouse wants and needs, like to the point where they're getting involved in their care. Ooh. 
Okay. You know? So it's, it's kind of like that. Codependency looks like that. Um, For sure. Yeah. It, it's not what you see on TV or on Dr. Phil. Right. Many times it, that's like... Or Dr. Oz. Shit. Right. <clears throat> but it still exists in some form. It will actually get to, you know, the different definitions and yeah. distinctions. Research on depressed women identified loss of self through behaviors such as repression of anger, compliance, and care as self-sacrifice. Again, caring for the other person... Um, as a form of self-sacrifice, because sometimes they may be wanting to do their own self-care um, and restrictions of self-expression. So all these characteristics have been ascribed to codependents. Dana Crowley or Dana Crowley Jack viewed these behaviors in women as logical outcomes of gender inequality in which women's subordination in relationships mirrors the larger societal inequality in which there's unequal distribution of power and resources. Therefore, a loss of self and codependency may more accurately reflect subordination and powerlessness than an individual pathology. So let's just break that down for a sec, right? Basically, it's saying, you know, you're essentially continuously compromising and bending in one's own will in order to maintain an, an unhealthy dynamic. Typically yes. to the detriment, <clears throat> typically to the detriment of one of the members. And this happens even on macro levels. And so, um, I just want to go on record, right? And not say, I'm not like bashing all men. I'm not saying that like there is some grand conspiracy to keep women down, but, but there is, there's, <laughs> <It's good. laughs> what, what I'm saying is most times, I mean, if we look at, you know, um, the dominant discourse, right? Women are typically supposed to be subordinate to men in order to help the man and he will help her by, you know, giving you whatever you need so that you can continue to continue to be the best woman that you can be. And <clears throat> excuse me, seven times out of 10, it's like in the aspect of helping the men. And so I will say, I, I think it's great that we have, you know, independent females and women out here who are like, yo, I'm out here doing this by my damn self. I don't need no man. I make my own money, bitch. And so that they sound just like that too. Word. And yo, if they do, hey, fucking, I'm I'm all with it. Like, go for it. Like, be that type of person. We don't we don't all need to be in relationships. Like, sometimes it's there's a value in being single and just having your own autonomy. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to just touch on that a bit because there's there's a lot that goes on in society that either doesn't get talked about or gets seen as this is just our cultural norm. So we're just going to accept it as is and for better or for worse, that's, there's a lot of financial dependency. Sure. Absolutely. It's like one thing that keeps people saying is where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's part of it, I think. And then, <clears throat> Yeah, it's you replicate the relationships that you grew up seeing, that you're told about. And so if you're told that this is how relationships are, or your parents were like that, that's kind of the template that you copy moving forward. Right. Most times. Yes. It, it, I'll, I'll say this. Most times it takes effort to break that cycle. You, oh, you, my you, God. Yeah. You don't just like... You have to, it takes conscious effort. Like you have to become aware of it. Otherwise, a lot of times you will copy that or expect that in relationships. Which reminds me of a case or like one of the uh, clients that work, dude. Um, 
obviously not going to say their name. Please don't. But (laughs) they, (laughs) but uh, she was um, on the phone with her parents. And apparently the the parents are really dismissive, right? They're just like, hey, you get the fuck off. Like, you you get the fuck out of here. Go do your own thing. But she strives for their attention and, uh, like, approval, right? Sorry, my mouth just is something weird. And approval, even though the the parents seem either uninterested or whatever, they do give her a little bit of praise, you know, like that's, that's super powerful to her. And so she was, you know, last time I saw her, was in a relationship with someone who was also, you know, dismissive, treated her like shit. But then, you know, when the good times are good, you know, they're good. And so it's like watching or rather hearing about parents who basically prime children for these types of relationships, right? Yeah. By saying, hey, um, you're going to need somebody else because you ain't shit. You ain't never going to be shit. Like, yeah. it's terrible and like just to see the way that they were reacting like over, over a phone call like it was like oh the parents were i think it was like they're they weren't coming that day to come see him whatever this this child broke the fuck down dude like yeah. and it's like it's hard to correct that course with a person when their relationship with their parents is as detrimental to that one being as it is yeah right i counsel numerous individuals like this who their childhood was like that. Like they didn't grow up with normal parents. They didn't grow up with like love or affection. And so when somebody showed them a little bit in their mind, that was enough. And so they got into relationships with people who took advantage of them. Like they manipulated them emotionally by love bombing, by telling them what they wanted to hear. And then they started abusing them. And that happens all the time. like All the time. So that goes back to the car analogy of accepting the car, trying to make it magical thinking, trying to make it more. You do that with relationships. Like You think, like, this is the last time that they're going to hit me, or this is how it's supposed to be, or I deserve this, or I can't find any better, so I'm going to settle for this relationship. Ooh. You know, or like, or I'm not worth anymore. Or I'm not worth anymore. Yeah. That's, that's part of the codependency, too. Right. Again, the loss of self. Yeah. Right? And so it's uh, it's hard to deal with. And yeah. I'm glad that you actually brought up family because that's our next section. Perfect. Family stressors, right? So uh, substance use disorders can cause immense family stress and impact many biopsychosocial, yeah. cultural, and spiritual spheres of family life. Um, concerned or supportive significant others typically have additional family responsibilities, including providing care for the person engaging in the addictive behavior, despite the potential for violence or other interpersonal turmoil that occurs in conjunction with substance use. And so that comes back to like the unconditional love that we have for our family members, Mm -hmm. right? Like saying, no matter what they go through, no matter what happens, like I'm going to be here for you because I love you because I care about you. And so that can many times create a quote unquote codependent relationship. And so why are we discussing families in the first place, right? Because there's this little thing called family systems theory. Um, Essentially, family systems theory maintains that in order to understand one person, we must first understand that person's family and each respective person's role in that family, right? So let's say for the sake of example, 
we have mom, dad. Like we have the regular nuclear, or I guess not. So we have the traditional nuclear family, right? Like we have mom, dad, and child. And let's say three kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, three kids. And one of the children uh, in their adolescence gets into either an abusive relationship or substance use. And now the rest of the family members kind of huddle around that person, right? To be like, hey, how can we help? What can we do? And so now we consider how old is the person that was, you know, using, are they, are they the middle child? Are they the oldest or are they the youngest? Because the first child, right, they're going to come up with a certain set of, um, a certain environment, right? So it's just going to be parents and child. So the child gets all the attention, they get what they need, they get taken care of, they get all this, 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 that, and the other. And then second child, right, comes into a world where they already have a sibling, an established sibling. You already have one here. Don't even worry about it. And you also have parents. And so now the second child says, hey, I must share, I must learn to become, you know, um, friendly, I must be able to, you know, cooperate, these types of things. And... You know, I'd imagine the first child says, okay, well, now I have a new sibling. I need to accept these different types of responsibilities, so on and so forth. Third child comes along. Now, okay, boom, you now have two older siblings, okay? Either way, we're all siblings. We're our family. These are, this is the rules. This is the freaking, the way that we do shit in this house type of thing. And so third child comes up, learns, okay, cool. This is my family. I have a whole family. We got people in here. Okay, so I'm going to either test the boundaries or I'm going to find out, you know, the best way to go about living in this family. And so that's just like very basic, very basic, because again, there's so many variables. There's so much nuance depending on where the person lives, depending on their history, depending on generational trauma, depending on all the shit, right? And so I think it's, it's worth noting, you know, the families, right? So say if the parents do drugs, right? They're bringing children into the environment where drugs are, you know, understood or at the very least they're accepted they're used they're widely available and so that breaks down the child's or the it breaks down the child's um i suppose tolerance for these types of things because now it's like okay well we live where we have drugs apparently they're illegal but mom and dad have them and they say that it's cool that we do them so i guess this is just the dynamic that we have because you know it's i don't think enough gets said about families and how they interact with each other, the family dynamic within itself. I could go on for days about that shit. (laughs) Yeah. Families are important. That's how we learn our templates for reality. Like how we learn how to, what to expect. Exactly. No, for sure. So in addition to gender, it is suggested that in clinical literature, that the birth order may play a role in codependency. The roles of the earliest child in the family, you know, the responsible one, include caretaking and providing some structure and stability for the siblings in an otherwise unstable home environment. They tend to achieve self-worth through providing organization for others in the family, right? And so, therefore, firstborn children are the most likely to possess um, codependent behaviors. Focusing on others before themselves, um, it can also be a learned pattern based on observations of interactions within the family i.e. people who have codependent mothers or fathers or parents, whatever, um, may tend to be higher in codependency, right? Because they're witnessing this type of behavior. I think having a parent who uses their child codependently can really fuck a person up. Absolutely. Like, yeah. it, it's not fun. I, I work with people like that. Like, yeah. their parents ruined 
their childhood. Well, it happens all the time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a very delicate dance to be able to raise a child to an adult without like bullshit, bro. Like it's yeah, hard. But it's not the hardest thing in the world. Sure. Cause like if it I wasn't, mean, if it was then we, our society would have collapsed already, you know, like, well, I mean, then there's something to be said about the resilience of the human being. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, we can, we can get into that. That's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so families are complex, interconnected systems made up of individual members. Um, each family member both contributes to the system and is influenced by it. Therefore, addictive behavior exhibited by one family member affects the entire system. Conversely, the family context influences the functioning of each member. So again, if we have a sibling, again, we have a middle sibling and now the older sibling sees that they're into drugs or whatever. They're like, okay, let's, you know, let's huddle up. Let's see what's going on. Like, this is my, this is my sibling. I care for this person. And perhaps the sibling who's going through whatever, um, is like, okay, Hey, my, my family cares about me. You know, they're reaching out, they're doing this, or they could feel the inverse, right? Like, yo, why don't they just leave me the fuck alone? Like, I just want to do meth until I die. Like, fuck off. Who knows? Yeah. And, and so again, the family members are influenced by each other. Um, <clears throat> alternately, the addictive behavior may be self-reinforcing in a family system if it serves a family function. For example, allowing members to bond over gambling and shifting focus away from another problem that the family does not wish to address. So just this one example paints a picture of how potentially harmful family dynamics can be perpetuated if a family member is so codependent that they enable harmful behaviors. Sake of example, parents doing drugs around kids, right? Like, I mean, I feel like we've been hammering on this one a lot, or rather I have, I mean, it's because it's something that I see at work, like, a lot more often than I should be seeing it at work. Like, and these are just the kids that I'm seeing. Like, imagine the ones that I'm not. So let's say family members getting into like drugs or like mom and dad or drinking or whatever. And the kid knows that, okay, well, I don't like it when they do this. You know, they act this particular way. Um, it's not great. I fucking hate it. But I mean, apparently this is our family. This is what we do. And so the day that the kid is able to drink with, or the, the, child, the adolescent, whenever, whenever they're able to drink with the parents, the mom, the dad, um, then they're like, okay, well, this is us bonding. Like, this is something that they really like to do. Like, they're really interested in it. I guess I can try to take part and see if, you know, see if we can get a better, better outcome from us all engaging in this behavior, right? Like, and it, this is like one example. Could be alcohol, could be, again, hard drugs, could be gambling, could be fucking theft, could be robbery fucking killing people like it could be any sort of maladaptive fucking negative or i mean i wouldn't say like drinking is maladaptive but you know what i mean like, can be you can take shit too far right like, and so <clears throat> i think it's it's i think it's difficult to say one way or another like this is you are doing codependent behaviors right because if we say i'm just a, a caretaker by nature like i mm -hmm. just tend to care about people like then you are technically, quote unquote, you know, exhibiting or, uh, codependent behaviors. But like, yeah. So I was going to talk about this and now that you're bringing it up. So here we go. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. As social workers, we have to be careful of that too. For sure. That we're not using our clients to fill that emotional need. I think that's what it comes down to is using people to fill your emotional needs too much. 
Right. And replacing that kind of that self-regulation with other people. Mm-hmm. And so you can think about all the scenarios that that could come up with. There's just a myriad of them. But that's right. basically what it boils down to is providing for your own needs. And so sometimes as a survival skill, you learn to endure abuse or you learn to put up with behaviors when you're a kid that will keep you safe. And then that's how you you learn that. Right. That that's how relationships are. Right. That's all that's the only time you feel safe is when you're in an abusive relationship kind of thing. So And it makes me it makes me think of a couple of people that I know who are really genuinely sweet people, right? Like really kind people, but <clears throat> they have a tendency to gravitate towards people who are shitheads. For lack of a better term. Yep. Okay, well okay. Well yeah, yeah. They're shitheads. Um and so it's it's one of those you want to see the best out of people, but you also give people the credit for the shit that they've done in life, right? Like you give them their accolades. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a weird place to stand, especially when you care about the person who's in a relationship or seeking relationships with, you know, that type of, uh, that type of individual. But so I will be very careful not to, Name, name. It's a family thing. So, um, of course. so my aunt was on the podcast, right? Yep. We, and so she told you all about her ex, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. there's a certain member of our family. I won't name their name. Whenever that person is, that ex is brought up, they feel the need to say something kind about them, no matter what we're talking about. So we could t- be talking about how the, what this person did to devalue my aunt And this person will chime in like, well, you know, but they're so kind, you know, Mm. it's that same trauma response of if I'm nice to these people, if I placate them, they'll go away kind of feeling. Mm, And so whenever that person in my family does that about my aunt's ex-husband, like I've seen what my aunt went through. There's probably a lot of stuff I didn't see. Of course. And so, yeah, it just pisses me off. Yeah, and so we then consider, <clears throat> I mean, I, and really the, the person who says these types of things, right? Yeah. Only they really know the answer, but we say, why are we saying such kind things? Like right now, like we're, as a family unit, right? We're saying, hey, we're establishing as a family, we don't like this motherfucker, whoever this motherfucker is. And then a member of the family says, well, I kind of fucks with him. Like, that's that's kind of my dude. Like, y'all going to have to raise up off my man's back. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, everyone's justified in having their opinions. But, I mean, it you can see the effect that it has on the family dynamic when someone says something like yes, that. Yes. This, this person found Jesus. That's all I'll say. That's why they're saying that they're, they're quoting that part of that. So Sure, sure. So what can we do? Right. Well, set boundaries with people. Okay. You set boundaries, set healthy boundaries. Be cognizant of like, okay, so I'm an adult now. I don't have to provide for other people's needs. And that way I I should be able to provide for my own needs. And if I don't, then should I be in a relationship kind of thing? Right. You know, get therapy. If get you don't. therapy. Right. Or. No, get therapy because that's the only place. That's, you can you, you can watch YouTube. You can talk to helpful friends, but I think like therapy, therapy yeah. definitely helps. And again, if you can't afford therapy, if you can't you know, if you can't have 
access to those particular resources, reach out to friends, like friends who understand what you're going through and will be straight up with you. Yeah. Because and the, listen. Too. Yeah, those are the kinds of friends that you need. Like, not people who are going to be like, oh, well, it'll be all right. Like, you, 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 you're good. It like, sucks to be in a sucky relationship with a sucky person. Right. And so, I, I, again, I think you should have those people, your, your support system who is, you know, objective in their critique of your relationship with this person. Yeah. Right. Um, and if it's, you know, like all family members, I'll say this. Um, and it's take, take from it what you will. Um, I've had family members who I have met in this life, right? Like not people who are biologically like people who I've met in this life who have become my family. Yes. Who have treated me better, better than like some members of my own family sometimes like, and, and granted, you know, I'm not saying I'm not trashing members of my, you know, biological family because of course I love them. They the shit, but I mean, everyone has their struggles, right? Everyone disagrees on something. And so it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, like sometimes you have members of your own family who are like, okay, well maybe I just, we just need a little bit of space. We just need to figure out why are we beefing like this or, you know, we can, you do what you want. And you're going to do what you want. So no matter what we say, but yeah, just get help. That's all I can say is get therapy, get help. Like be cognizant of your own needs, work with a work on your trauma and where that came from. And yeah, that's, that's the best I can say. Yo, for sure. Um, and I will say work on, well, rather I would say if you are in one of these relationships where, you know, like you're, you're unable to express yourself. You're unable to do your own self-care because you are so, you know, engulfed in this other person's purview, I'll say. Okay, like you're spending so much time taking care of this person, doing what bending over backwards in order to be... Take some time for yourself. Like, take some time doing whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, if it means, <clears throat> like, just going online and looking for something that you like, fucking do that. Or if you want to just go outside like fucking do that again that shit's free like all you have to do is just walk outside or i mean if you are outside go inside you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's there's i don't know like fucking you know draw hike fucking sculpt dance like create do take care of yourself take a shower freaking give yourself a nice haircut you know what i mean like freaking take care of yourself because the more time we spend taking care of other people, like you're, you're, you're actively not taking care of yourself because you're taking care of someone else during that time. Yeah. And so remember to leave time for yourself as well. For sure. For sure. Got anything else? Yeah. Uh, make sure people are paying full price for the ticket to be in your life. Right. Is there somebody that's not paying full price or they say, I'll pay you back next time. Fuck them. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Make sure you keep people in your life who are, you know, concerned about <clears throat> the well-being of you, right? Yeah. Like, don't keep people in your life who are constantly trying to... And I actually, I talked about... I said this to my brother the other day. Like, surround yourself with people who talk about ideas and not talking about other people, right? Like, keep ideas and, you know, information and self-care and growth. Keep that shit flowing instead of sitting around gossiping about other people and what they do or what they look like for ages. And you and you might see 
you know, you might see things from a different perspective. Cool. Word. Yeah. Word. All right. We'll catch y'all next week. Bye. Also, wait real quick. Wait, wait, wait. If you or anyone you know are struggling with any of these issues relating to codependency, to substance use, to family stressors, please reach out. Please seek help. Yeah. This world is wild. This world is crazy. But we're fucking trying. Or at least we should be trying. We should be. At the very least. Yeah. <laughs> give it a fucking effort, you know? Yeah. Well, we out of here. Bye for real this time. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.